Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'm really excited to launch our newest series of the Rundown podcast. Uh, We've launched a couple of them lately, actually, but this one we're calling Ways to Wealth. Uh, It can be difficult, you know, to say the least, to always make the right decisions when it comes to your money, you know, sticking to a financial plan and better yet, just creating a plan. Um, for a lot of people isn't the easiest process, but hopefully the info that we share in this series um, as it continues will, will help to make that a little bit easier. Our goal really is to just dive into the deep dive into the different aspects of financial planning, go over specific topics, give you some action items that you can really make a difference in your life if you apply them. Um, you know, we're going to do full episodes on very specific topics, you know, things like we might just dive into not to you know, randomly pick something, but like health savings accounts. What are they? How do you how do you take advantage of them? What are the different options? Um, maybe about debt reduction, if that's something that, you know, a lot of people find themselves in trouble with or about maybe just the, the normal thing that a lot of people think about, which is finding your retirement number. But there's so many different financial planning topics out there that we can dive into. And that's really the goal of, of what we're trying to do with this Ways to Wealth um, series. Because we think the more specific we can be, hopefully the more you'll learn. And then honestly, you'll be able to just start to apply that to your individual plan. So stay tuned for all the new episodes that we have planned on our ways to help you on your path to building wealth. Welcome to the Rundown Ways to Wealth series, where each episode we'll share insight into a specific topic that can help you on your path to financial independence. Jared Burns and Robert Dolan are advisors with Dolan and Barkham Wealth Advisors in Plattsburgh, New York. Dolan and Barkham is not affiliated with the Investment Center or IC Advisory Services, Inc. The opinions expressed by Jared, Bob, or any podcast guests do not necessarily represent the views of the Investment Center or any other members of their staff. This podcast contains information for general use and is not intended to cover all aspects of a particular matter. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the Ways to Wealth series. We were thinking the best topic to kind of kick off the series, um, you know, as we we're playing that, we obviously got to thinking about, you know, we're, we're sitting here planning the series, so we started thinking about, well, what's, what's the planning process even like, just the broad financial planning. So honestly, what do you need before you can even make a plan? Um, and that brought us to today's subject, getting organized. There are a few different things that we need to do in order to get ready to create a plan. And the goal of getting organized is basically to get those numbers, all your finances down on paper so that you can kind of see everything together. We want to figure out all the assets that you have, all the debts that you owe, how much income you bring in and how much it goes out for expenses. I know it it sounds like a lot, but really it can be simple when you break it down. The key here is getting the best, most accurate picture of where you stand with your money. Because one thing that we always say is, you know, your plan is only as good as the data that you put in. Um, And so as we get started, I like to, I mean, obviously, let's hop right in. I like to break this down into two projects, essentially. So one is creating what we'll call your personal balance sheet. So, I mean, many of you, if you're in business, you understand the you know the process of 
of figuring out your balance sheet, what what the net worth is for your business, and the same thing applies to you personally. Um, you know, if you if you hated accounting, which I'm sure a fair amount of you do, um, that just means all we're doing is totaling up your assets, things like your house, your savings, your retirement accounts. Um, and then we're totaling up your debts too, like the mortgage. Maybe there's credit cards. Maybe there's loans or student loans or, or different things that you're still paying on. The other side, so that was project number one. Project number two is creating your personal income statement, which honestly is basically just money in, money out. In other words, it's all of your income and then all of your expenses. At the end of the day, they will help you figure out um, which is our goal, how much does it cost you to live your life right now? We've put a link in the show notes to a couple simple spreadsheets for both the balance sheet and the income statement. You can check that out if you'd like, or you can just get out a piece of paper and jot everything down. The key is really is finding a way that's easiest for you to get everything in one spot. If that's an Excel spreadsheet and you're a nerd like me, then great. If you, you know, cringe at the thought of even opening that program on your computer, uh, maybe it's just a piece of paper. Seriously, it's just whatever works best for you. So let's get right into it. Um, the first one, the easier one in our eyes, is the balance sheet. Um, that one tends to take, be a little bit less labor intensive. Um, you may have already you know, you might be a really organized person and you have all this stuff in a filing cabinet somewhere, or maybe you're the other type of person where you really don't keep track of any of this stuff. Um, you know, we'll walk you through that um, and, and how best to, to kind of go about figuring these things out. Um, but sometimes I find it best that you just start jotting down what you know off the top of your head, and then you can go back and if you're not one of those organized people, you can find, take some time and find that document so you know the exact number. You know, like, well, if you're estimating, say, well, I, I think last time I saw that assessment come in in the mail um, from, you know, the city or, or wherever you live because they popped up your assessment and you're paying more taxes. I think it was roughly, let's say, $230,000. And I think think the loan by now is down to maybe 120. Just jot that down, make a note in on your sheet or in your spreadsheet um, that I need to find that statement, but then just move on um, because we really want you to make this an easy process, but also make it feel like you're making progress um, because if you're not making progress and it feels like you're just sitting here like inputting data, which is probably the most mundane task out there, um, it's not going to help you at all because you're not going to feel like you're you're kind of making any strides and and getting this stuff figured out. Um, but then you just continue to think about all the other assets that you have. You know how much are in your bank accounts, your savings and your checkings. What's in the retirement accounts if you have them? If you don't, well, that's that's a totally different conversation. But that's not a conversation for today. It's about getting organized. Um, and then continue to give thought to anything that that maybe has value. Um, sometimes you'll find out that as you do these balance sheet exercises, you forgot that there were things that you've had along the way that just have been kind of tucked away. Like maybe it's a, a life insurance policy that has a cash value, but you've been paying, um, you know, you've been making those premium payments once a year, just kind of out of sight, out of mind, or maybe they come out automatically and you kind of forgot about that. Or 
there's some treasury bonds or some CDs or something that are tucked away that you bought years ago and you, you kind of forgot about. If you, if you don't know the balance but can look it up quickly, then definitely go right ahead and do that. That way you can kind of check that off your list. But if it takes some digging, don't worry about it. When you first set down to do this task, don't worry about finding out that exact number. Just jot down that you know you have this account and then just make a note to make sure to look it up um, later. Uh, nothing says that you need to be able to list everything today, you know, the minute that you sit down. And the same applies to the other side of the balance sheet, you know, all your debts. Debts or liabilities, um, these tend to be easier for most people to remember because you either know them because you need to pay them or um, maybe they even feel like they might be hanging over your head so you really are deep into that. But honestly, take the same strategy. Just start to think about everything that you owe. A lot of these debts will come up as you figure out your assets too, like the example we gave before where you were thinking about the value of your home. Um, immediately you're going to start to think, okay, well, my home's worth this, 230 in our example. How much is the, can I remember how much is left on the mortgage? Um, and then, you know, looking that up. Um, the other things are, are there student loans that you're still paying on? Or maybe you're paying for a child's student loans. And again, that's another conversation we should have, but, but at a different time. Um, do you have a line of credit? that you've been meaning to pay down? Are there credit cards that, that hold a, a balance that you don't pay off each month? Just really start to line item those things. Once you've gotten the bulk of what you believe shows your assets and liabilities, now it's time to do the homework. Ultimately, the goal, like I mentioned before, is to make your information as accurate as possible. And on top of that, we want to make it readily accessible and easy to update because our plan building a plan is great but if you can't constantly refer back to your plan to see whether you're making progress or maybe you're regressing you know things happen naturally if you can't access that then then you're you know what's the plan worth if you don't know you're on track um, but so how can you make things easily accessible if you're more of a digital person, you know you don't need those hard hard uh, copies in your hands. Then maybe it's creating a Google Drive and you're using Google Sheets or something like that, and everything is stored um, electronically in the cloud, you know, password protected and everything. Um, or maybe it's a you like Excel and you're uploading that to like say a Box account or a Dropbox account, and you can you can store all your copies of your statements. Um, so you have that Excel spreadsheet. Um, and then there's links to the PDFs of all your statements, your most recent statement or what have you inside of some sort of, you know, digital lockbox, so to speak. Or on the other hand, which a lot of people do, um, you know, if you prefer a hard copy, then do yourself a favor and get a small filing cabinet. Um, honestly, I, I like to you know make it fireproof just in case. Uh, but something that you can put somewhere, nothing that's huge, that it's just going to get tucked into an attic or something. Um, but it maybe go near your desk at home um, and get your paperwork stored that way. It can be incredibly satisfying to know that not only have you accumulated your financial life in one place, but you know exactly where all that stuff is when you need to access it. So down the road, if, if something changes or you're applying for Maybe you don't have a home yet and you're applying for a mortgage. You have all that information right at your fingertips. Um, plus, like I mentioned, you want to be able to review this. 
So if those things aren't your, at your fingertips and you feel like you have to start back over to get organized again, um, that can be a, um, a, honestly just a huge bummer when you're trying to reassess what's going on. So make sure that you get all that stuff in one place that works for you. This all applies to the other project too, you know, the second one, which is working on your personal income statement. And here I really suggest taking the same approach. If you have a spouse or a partner, um, this is definitely a good task for you to do together. You know, obviously there's the whole, you know, two brains are better than one. Um, but that's not really quite the point. Um, because if you're, if the whole point of this is we're getting more serious about making our path to wealth of getting financially independent, then you definitely want to be together. You want to be on the same team because sometimes things can come to light when you're, when you're doing an activity like this and you really learn the value of where you spend your money um, and what your different goals are um, as you're starting to build um, just your information, as you're getting all your information organized. Now, I'm not saying that you should sit here and just, you know, you spent this on the last month and I spent this and don't, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. This is still, again, about getting organized, but you can kind of learn, you know, the things that, that you guys value, uh, together, um, and individually. Um, and on the other hand, if you're flying solo, um, do the same thing. Just make sure that you're, you're going through, you're getting everything out there and don't feel crazy to, you know, ask yourself some questions out loud. You know, what, what is the value of that? Sometimes it's just helpful to, to talk through these different things. So when we dive into the personal income statement, um, we find that I find that the income side tends to be the easier one. Most people have a rough idea of what they make. And probably the simplest way is just a quick reference to a bank statement or an online account, and you can confirm your income, you know, in an instant. If you have a bit more, maybe we'll call it a complicated situation, um, just write down the different sources you draw income and a ballpark of what they bring in. Obviously, if you know them exactly, go for it. Um, you know, rental properties is a good example of income that may fluctuate, um, or maybe you're in a position that's not salaried, uh, you're commission-based, so maybe your hours change or maybe the amount you make changes. Um, and you can do a little homework and come up with an average monthly income. I mean, that could be very helpful. Um, that might take a little bit more work, but just ballpark it. And again, looking at a couple recent statements, that doesn't take very long to just see, okay, what money came into my account. And then just, you know, if you do three different paychecks and average those together, at least it'll give you a starting point. Um, on the expense side of the equation, it's the this exercise really is the more insightful part because again we're, we're talking about we want to learn what it costs for you to live your life today. Um, but before you before you start the expense side, I just I really want you to remember that this isn't an exercise of judgment. Uh, the more honest you are with yourself about how much you really spend in a month we get back to the same thing. The more accurate your info, your data, the more it's going to be. So don't sit here and say, well, all right, so I, I went out to eat and eh, we go out to eat like once a month and it only costs us, you know, we have one kid and maybe it costs us 60 bucks and we, we only do that once a month. Um, really sit back and think, okay, where did I go out to eat last month? Oh, I went, 
Oh, that's right. I went out to eat two times last week during my lunch hour, um, and we grabbed a pizza on Friday. It was, you know, it was takeout. And then, oh yeah, that's right. The week before, we really did go out and sit down. So really think through these different things. I mean, I use going out to eat as an example because that's one of the ones that can very easily slip. But the key is getting this information in so we can create some sort of some sort of average. Um, again, the more honest you are with yourself about how much you really spend a month, the more accurate that info is going to be. And anyway, I, I can't stress that enough about how important it is to be accurate with your information. Um, but a good strategy, if you don't have a good grip on your expenses already, is to start with the core expenses. You know, list them in order of largest to smallest, which sometimes tends to be fixed to variable. Um, and in most cases, this means number one is probably going to be housing. Um, so whether you rent or whether you own, um, start to get that written down. Um, and then maybe the next one is transportation, you know, your, uh, your vehicle or, you know, if you live in an area where you, you don't own a vehicle, maybe you're in a city um, and, and you're, you know, taking the train every day or, or what have you, then maybe that's not as much of an expense. Um, and then food and kind of go down those, those large items that you know are going to be the bigger ones. Um, and then think about everything that is a necessity for you to live. So now we're talking about like utilities um, and your your cell phone. Um, once you've gotten a good idea here, those are going to be honestly the bulk of what your expenses are. Now you can move into more of the what we'll call recurring monthly expenses. Um, so maybe it's things like your gym membership or some subscriptions. Maybe it's a magazine that you get once a month or maybe that just happens without, you know, without even thinking about it. Um, or maybe it's your Hulu subscription or Netflix. If you can't think of all of these things, figure out where those typically come out of. So if it's your bank statement or if it's your credit card statement and just they, that when you reference that, that's going to detail everything that keeps coming out on a, on a monthly basis. Um, so you really want to get a good good grasp of, of all those different recurring expenses, those things that more often than not are probably set up to auto pay. So, you know, you subscribe to Showtime two years ago or HBO Max two years ago, um, and that 15 bucks has been coming out every month and you just not really thought about it. Um, and then the next step, so once we've kind of figured out Okay, what are those recurring expenses that are very easy to identify? Um, then it would be thinking about the discretionary expenses. And these are the ones that don't really, they don't fall into that bill automatically, but they do end up being, you know, somewhat quite regular. And this is what I was saying before, which is like going out to eat, um, you know, thinking about it, take, take some time to think about when um, and where you have last eaten out and roughly how much you spent. Um, the conversation that we, you know, we just had about figuring out, well, how much do I actually go out to eat instead of saying, eh, I only go out once or twice a month. Um, entertainment would be another one that falls into this category. Um, so, you know, shopping, things like clothes, maybe home decor or home improvement things, you know, these, these things that maybe you do, maybe it's that trip, maybe you take two or three trips to Target, 
um, you know, a month and you don't really think about it. it just happens. It just happens. And you just do what you do when you get there. You know, well, I buy these things kind of regularly. Um, think about how much you spend uh, on those shopping trips. Um, do you do that pretty regularly? Or maybe it's even, you know, more sporadic um, and it's travel. Um, that you maybe do you only do that once in a while? Um, but still, this certainly falls into discretionary spending. Um, when you're when we're talking about travel, travel can be a little bit trickier, especially when it comes to getting organized, because maybe that last trip you took was seven months ago. Um, but really think about breaking that down. I mean, again, it's about getting a ballpark. You can go and do your homework, um, but it's it's about saying, okay, if I travel, but when I travel, I go huge. And it's a you know it's an international trip, and I do it once a year, and it costs quite a bit of money. Well, we want to sit there and say, okay, well, how much does that typically cost, so that we can break that down and say, okay, if I do this twice a year, um, we're going to take what the average cost of a trip is, simple math, multiplied by twelve, divide by or multiplied by two rather, divide by twelve, and then we're good to go. We know roughly in a month if we were to save. Um, for those trips over the course of a year, this is about what it would cost us. Um, and then the last piece of figuring out the expenses is, is kind of on the same lines. Um, you know, what are the, the things that you might have forgotten about until they come back up? You know, these are, this might fall into the recurring, but they only happen once a year. And I mentioned it before when we were talking about your assets. Um, it's those maybe one-time annual payments you know, maybe you pay for your car insurance annually, or maybe you pay for the premiums on your life insurance policy annually. These are the types of things that will slowly start to come up. And, and if you don't think about them, you know, the next step, which is diving a little deeper and doing the homework, you might find that, oh, that's right. Back in June, I wrote a check for our life insurance policy. Okay. I got to, I got to throw that in there. Let's, you know, let's take that out. What was that roughly cost us, you know, in a month, let's divide that by 12. Um, and that's, I know it sounds simple. It, it certainly can, can take a, a little bit of digging. Um, but, but keep it simple. Um, once you think you have a grasp, a good grasp on, you know, a ballpark of those numbers, then you can do the homework of hopping into maybe it's the credit card statements or maybe it's the bank statements and really digging into the weeds this can be as honestly as complicated or as simple as you want it to be just as long as I can't stress this enough as, as long as you're giving yourself an honest and accurate picture of what you spend in a given month um, and so don't feel like you need to do this all at once maybe it's just setting a goal like if you have a lot of information you think you still need to get maybe it's setting a goal to get the information in the next say week or two you know, set aside some time in, in your work to just do a little research. And it really doesn't need to be that complicated. It could it could really be just 15 minutes or so, just here and there. Maybe, you know, you've got a little bit of downtime. Um, you're just puttering around at work um, on your lunch. And you say, you know what, let me hop into a couple bank statements and, and see if I can find some of this info. Once, you've, once you do the groundwork, we'll call it, you'll start to notice that you're going to start to pay attention a lot more to what you spend. Um, it almost kind of gamifies the situation because now that you've gotten on this mental mindset of, okay, 
I want to keep track of what I have. I want to keep track of what's coming in, what's going out. You're you're just naturally going to pay more attention to those things. Um, it will make setting your goals and tracking your finances honestly quite a bit easier. And that's and that's really the next step. I don't want this exercise for you to be okay. Let's write down our net worth and okay here's the house it's worth this here's the mortgage okay let's let's figure let's how how long do you think we're no don't do that right now don't don't plan on how long the mortgage just get that information in one place we can have that we can do that exercise we can have that planning session later we want to get the big picture so that when we sit down and say okay let's let's figure out what we want to do we're not going back out and saying all right well we really can't figure out those goals because we still don't know what we own on that student loan. Um, so for now, just take some time, do these two exercises. Um, I know to some people it may sound very basic and simple, um, but if you haven't done this yet, then you truly can't get a picture of what it will take to build your plan. Um, these are the core steps to developing a plan getting your information organized making sure your information is accurate um, and lastly probably the most important part is making sure that your information is readily accessible so hopefully you found this getting organized episode useful um, you're inspired to get started and or maybe you're just getting back into it um, it's all about taking these simple actions that add up over time and again it does not need to be complicated so thanks so much everyone for listening and that's the way to wealth All information in this podcast has been derived from sources believed to be accurate. However, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither the information presented nor any opinions expressed constitute a representation by Jared or Bob or a solicitation of the purchase or sale of any securities. Jared and Bob are registered representatives with the Investment Center, Inc., a broker-dealer located in Bedminster, New Jersey, member FINRA SIPC. All securities offered through the Investment Center, Inc. and advisory services through IC Advisory Services, Inc.